We'll go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. The word unction in the scripture is a hard word to define. And uh, God, in fact, go, uh, uses the word unction and, and, and he, he helps to define that word by giving descriptions uh, many times throughout scripture. But the word unction um, has to do with timing. Number one, uh, the word unction, um, when, it, when we speak, when we use the word unction, we're not talking about something that God is working up to in our lives, but something that he does in a moment in our lives. Um, and so um, the word unction is not something that, that you know, I'm, um, um, there's something that I need to do a month from now, and there's several things I need to get done before then, and if I get all these things done, then I'll be ready a month from now. Um, the word unction doesn't really have to do with those things, though, should we be preparing for things that may that are coming up? Sure, um, but the word unction has more to do. Are we missing a Sunday school teacher? No. Okay, I, I, I saw a bunch of kids about the same age coming in, so I just wanted to make sure. Um, but yeah, well, Thor's not here anymore. Okay. Good. Well, God bless you. I don't know everybody that just came in, but whoever you are, we're glad you're here. Are you guys from Tennessee? From Tennessee. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're glad you're here. Amen. And so the timing of the unction of the Holy Spirit is in the moment that we need it. In the moment that we need it. When we need to know what to say, the Holy Spirit will tell us what to say. When we, uh, when we need Him to, uh, to help us to be able to do something, the Holy Spirit is able to tell us, to give us the strength and the understanding to be able to do it. Um, I'm not a very handy person. I've known some that are handy, and I've known others um, that would say I'm not handy except God gives me understanding. Um, I know a man who, who there's just about, there's hardly anything that he can't figure out why it's broken and fix it. But he'll tell you, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know how to fix it because I have all the preparation of reading all the books. Um, but I'll pray, and often God will tell me, "This is what's wrong, and this is how you fix it." And uh, that is an that is the unction of the Holy Spirit. Christians ought to live by the unction of the Holy Spirit um, throughout their lives. If the Holy Spirit does not speak to us in times of need, then we have to figure out why that is. Why is it that I'm not getting an unction of the Holy Spirit? Why is it that, that I, don't, I don't know that God is telling me to say something or, or leading me to do something? When, uh, when you see someone who, who <clears throat> may need um, a ministering to, um, they, they, there's a, a special meeting between you and them. They may be a stranger. But God can say by the moving of the Holy Spirit, I'd like you to go sit next to that person and say something. That is the unction of the Holy Spirit. Um, because He knows uh, the perfect timing of when a person needs to hear 
from Him. Um, when a person needs to hear from Him. And so um, the word unction has to do with timing. It also has to do with power. It also has to do with power. Um, so when we use the word unction, we're talking about the time of the Holy Spirit, which is at the time um, that we need Him. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit who has all the power that there is. Because the Holy Spirit is God. There is, there is nothing that He cannot do. Um, and so when we're speaking about the unction um, that we receive from the Holy Spirit, we are talking about the power of God in the moment that we need it. The power of God in the moment that we need it. Often a person does not have the unction of the Holy Spirit because they have not been meeting with God. If we are not meeting with God on a day-to-day basis, abiding with Him is the way John 14 puts it, or 15. Abiding with Him. That He, we are the vine, He is the branches, and every branch abides in the vine. We need to be connected to the Lord Jesus on a daily basis, or we'll find ourselves not knowing what to do or when to do it. And this is the honest truth. I believe that some Christians get to the place um, where they never really hear from God anymore. They never really hear from God anymore. Um, Our life has become simply a life lived on the world, just like any other person who doesn't know God. Now, if that's your case, and you're a Christian, I want you to know, you can come all the way back. God can speak to you today and bring that refreshment and that, that assurance that God, God is there. And by the way, one of the great, one of the most wonderful things that God can give you to do assure you that you're going to heaven because the Holy Spirit is the down payment for what we're going to get in heaven. Alright? He's the down payment of what we're going to get in heaven. Um, one of the great things that we can have is that we know the Holy Spirit just did that. Because if the Holy Spirit just did something, you can know, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Look what the Holy Spirit just did. Look what the Holy Spirit just said to me. Look what the Holy Spirit just gave me power to do. Look what the Holy Spirit just led me to say. And how effective what He just called me to say was. Because it led this person to believe, or it led this person to be built up in Christ, or it led this person um, to have a knowledge that they didn't have before. And uh, and God wants us to have those times. He wants us to have those times with the people we love the most. Our wives. Our children. You know, I was able to go on a date with my wife the other night. And uh, she said something to me that was perfect for what, I, for what I needed. That's the unction of the Holy Spirit. The unction of the Holy Spirit. And uh, how did she know what to say? Um, was it because she took uh, counseling classes in college? Or was it because she just read the latest uh, magazine article um, about what to say to your husband when he needs it? No. That's not why. It's because of the unction of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we so desperately need that in our day. We live 
we live without it too much. We really do. We, re- we live without Him too much. And God doesn't want us to. He wants us to have the unction of the Holy One. And so if you look there in 1 John chapter 2, First John chapter 2. We're going to start there in verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall also you shall con, con, uh, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. If you take a look there in First John chapter two in verse twenty. In chapter 2, verse 20. Now remember the context. The context here is that there are many antichrists. And why are there many antichrists? Because we are living in the last days. There are many antichrists because we are living in the last days. Those that deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are many who deny that Jesus is the Messiah and speak against Him. And many of them are religious people. They have quote-unquote churches, um, but they're, they're antichrist because they deny Jesus and they deny, they deny the Father. And they do not have the Holy Spirit living in them. And so um, the context here is there are many people who are going to speak against Christ. They are going to say things that are lies. Now we talked a little bit last week in our, our uh, main service about false teaching. Well, how are we going to know false teaching? Number one, we need to know our what? Bibles, right? Now, one of the things that we're go- is going to help us to understand false teaching is as we know our Bibles, as we know what God says, when something is said that is not true, something is said that is not true, Guess what's going to happen? The Holy Spirit is going to speak and say, that's not true. And we will feel it, remember, in our what? Remember from last week? Where we feel it in? Our, our spirit or our conscience, right? The Holy Spirit gives us our conscience so that we know what is true and what is not true. And the Holy Spirit 
speaks to us and tells us all things. Um, you notice there in verse 20, but ye have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. And so how can, how can we know, how are we enabled to know all things? By what? By the Holy Spirit. By the moving of the Holy Spirit in the moment to know what we need to know in the moment. Right? Now I want you to understand, it's, it's very important to understand that the Holy Spirit is very rarely going to lead us to know something that we didn't we we didn't put in our brains beforehand. Alright? And so we cannot walk in this world and think we'll know what's true if we're not putting what's true in our minds, which is the Bible. But how much of the Bible do we know? How much of God do we truly know? I think we could say it's a drop in the bucket. Right? And so how are we going to get that information? How are we going to be able to process that information? How are we going to get to the place where we are um, assured of what is going on around us and being able to, to know that's not true or to know, yes, that is true? The Holy Spirit is going to teach us. We know all things. Let me ask you this for discussion. To what extent does God mean that? To what extent does God mean that we know all things. Let's start with what it doesn't mean. What do you think it doesn't mean? That we know as much as God, right? Do we know as much as God? No, we don't. Right? We do not know as much as God. Our brains would explode, right? They just, it, we, we would be, we, we, we wouldn't be able to handle it. Right? We, we could never know everything that God knows. What does God know? He knows everything. God knows the name of the farthest star of the universe. Right? He knows what's going on in the smallest particle within our body. He knows what's going on in the smallest particle in our body. You want to think about what God knows. He knows the movement of the quarks, which is um, the, the, one of the smallest particles within an atom. He knows what's going on there. God knows everything. There's nothing that He doesn't know. He knows what's going on within our body before anybody else does. And He knows everything that's going on in the universe right now. Right? He also knows what is going to happen tomorrow. He knows everything that's going to happen Tomorrow, in every instance, with six to seven billion people upon the earth, God knows every conversation that every single one of the people in the world is going to have tomorrow, and He knows the language that they're going to say it in. He knows how people are going to react to what is being said. He knows people, the people that aren't going to say a word and why they don't, they won't say a word. He knows every person that's going to be born, and He knows every person that's going to die tomorrow. And he knows that for every day in the history of the world. There's nothing that he does not know. And so we know that's not what we know, right? When he says you know all things, we don't think that way. But let me ask you, what does it mean then? Bob? That's right. 
Everything we need to know for right now, we have. That doesn't mean that we live that way. But because the Holy Spirit lives in us, who, by the way, is who? God. The same one who knows everything that I just said lives in us, right? By the way, the Holy Spirit doesn't know just what I need to know. He lives in me and he doesn't know just everything I need to know. But he knows everything that I need to know. He knows everything that everybody in the world needs to know. But he also knows everything I need to know. And so if I'm faced with teaching Sunday school, can the Holy Spirit lead me to saying what I need to say? Can the Holy Spirit lead me to understand what I need to understand for me? By the way, almost every week, I will preach something and the Holy Spirit will say, that's for you. I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you. And we ought to take the unction of the Holy Spirit as something precious. Even if what He's revealing to us is a, is a sin, a deficiency, a failure. Because if He's going to speak to us about who we are, that means we're His. Amen? We're His. And He's working. And so that's what it means when He says you know all things. You know everything you need to know for right now. You have all the power you need to have for right now. <laughs> the disciples were speaking to Jesus and they said, Lord, how many times should we forgive our, our, our brethren? Should we forgive them seven times? And Jesus said, 70 times seven. And they said, whoa, Jesus. You need to give us more faith. Jesus did not say, you know what, you're right. Let me give you more faith. He said, if you had the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you could call upon that mountain and move it. And so Jesus didn't agree with them. He rebuked them. Because guess what? If we need to forgive someone, which by the way, if someone sinned against us, we need to forgive them then we have all the faith we need to do it because God said, forgive them. Right? And uh, that, is, that, that is the unction of the Holy Spirit. Turn over to Luke 4.18. Now this is going to get into some heady stuff. I don't want you to get confused. Luke 4. If you look there in verse 17, Jesus was in the um, synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he had his turn to read, and so he turned to a passage in Isaiah. He turned to a passage in Isaiah. And if you look there in verse 17, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it unto the minister, and sat down. 
in the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue, were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the Scripture fulfilled in your ears. So, when Jesus reads this passage, who is he reading the passage about? He's reading it about him, right? He's saying, this, folks, I'm reading Isaiah 61, this is me. This passage is literally being fulfilled before your eyes, right? Well, what does it say? Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And so, what, who is upon Jesus? Who, when He came and walked the earth, began to preach, began to minister, began to heal the blind and the sick and the lame? Who was upon Him? The Holy Spirit. Right? The Holy Spirit was upon Him. What does it say? Because He hath anointed me to preach the Gospel. Alright? And so what did the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit, He anointed Jesus to be able to do all these things. In other words, without the Holy Spirit, Jesus would not have done those things. But He had the unction of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, does that mean that Jesus isn't God? No. This is the way God designed it for us. It's interesting what Jesus said to His disciples. Now listen carefully. He said, and greater works than these will you do. What did Jesus do? It would take us days and days and days to go through what Jesus did just recorded in the Bible and to, to talk about everything that Jesus did that wasn't recorded in the Bible would take all eternity. He said, greater works than these will you do. He said, that's impossible, Jesus. Well, you are God. You can't do, we can't do what you did. Wait a second. I did what I did because I was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, and you are able to have the unction of the Holy Spirit, can you not and can I not do what Jesus spoke about out of Isaiah 61? Can we not preach the good news to the broken? Yes. We can be used of God to heal the brokenhearted. <laughs> Why? Well, because I'm so good. Because I trained for the ministry. Because of this or that or the other. No. It is because the Holy Spirit lives in me. And He does in you. There's many reasons why we can do more than Jesus. Jesus ministered for three years. Most of us have more than three years to minister. Right? Jesus was one person and could not be everywhere in the world. He was fully God, but He, he was confined to the body that he, was, that he had. That He was given. Now, we are the same, but we... I have the Holy Spirit living in me. Joanne has the Holy Spirit living in her. John has the Holy Spirit living in him. So on and so forth. And so we can be in all those places. Not to mention the 
50 million Christians in China. You know, the millions of Christians in India and the Christians in Mexico and Canada and Peru and so on and so forth. And so can we do greater works than Jesus? Yes, but if only for one reason. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us. Does that make sense? <clears throat> Praise the Lord that, that we have God living in us. In John 14, John 14, I'll have to go quickly. These things have I spoken to you, uh, verse 25, being yet present, present with you. Verse 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. And so what does the Holy Spirit, what does he do? What does he do? He will what? Teach us all things by what? Bringing to remembrance. Right? You know, there's a reason why we memorize Scripture. One of the reasons is so that the Holy Spirit can give us remembrance when we need it. There have been verses that I have not looked at or tried to memorize. I've looked at it, but not tried to memorize in a long, long time. And yet, at times, the Holy Spirit will say, remember that verse? That is what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> and He'll give me that verse. But if I never put it in my mind, the Holy Spirit would never be able to give remembrance, right? And so it's important that we understand, yes, the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. He'll bring to remembrance, but we need to have in our minds what, uh, what He wants us to have, or we won't be able to bring to remembrance when we need it. We won't, you, you may be a new Christian here today. You may have been saved not for very long. Or maybe you've been saved for a while, but you have not been putting God's Word into your brain. Listen. Don't take this truth, and it is true, and say, well, I'm young, or well, I really haven't done what I should do, and then, and then say, well, then I will continue to not have anything in my brain. I will continue to not have anything in my mind that God wants me to have. You can start today to put the things that God wants you to have in your mind, and you may not need it for a year. You may not need it for ten years. But when you need it, you'll have it. Amen? By the way, the only reason you do that is because you have faith that it's true. Um, Luke 12, Luke 12, verse 11, Luke 12. And when they bring you into the synagogues and the magistrates and powers, take you no thought of what thing you shall answer or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you the same hour what you ought to say. And so when persecution comes, who can we trust to give us what to say? The Holy Spirit. By the way, did the disciples find that to be true? Did the disciples find that to be true? Sure. You can read the book of Acts and you will see over and over and over again that God gave His people exactly what to say when they needed it. 
The Pharisees say, don't speak in the name of Jesus anymore. The Holy Ghost said, tell him, am I going to do what you want me to do or am I going to do what God wants me to do? They said, we will tell you, to. we're going to tell you, don't do it. And we're going to show you, we're going to beat you. And they did, they beat them. And they left mourning and sad and upset and um, you know, really wondering what was going to happen? No. They left rejoicing. Well, how in the world could that happen? The unction of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit did that for them, and He'll do it for us. In 1 John 2.18, back to 1 John, how do we know, how do we know that we're living in the last times? Listen. Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. How do we know that we are in the last time? Because there are many Antichrists. By the way, if there are many Antichrists, when John wrote this book, we can be sure that there are many Antichrists today. There are many Antichrists today. This being true, why is it important that we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit or sensitive to the unction of the Holy Spirit? Because there are many many antichrists, why is it important that we have the unction of the Holy Spirit? Ed? So we'll know truth from error. That's exactly right. So we know what's true and what's false. Absolutely. What else? Why else do we, because there are many antichrists, um, why else do we need the unction of the Holy Spirit? We, we can't depend upon ourselves. We have to depend upon the Holy Spirit living in us. What else, Gail? So we won't be drawn away. That's right. So we won't be uh, uh, led astray from by wolves in sheep's clothing. That's right. Why else in these... End times, we're in the end times, in these perilous times, do we need the unction of the Holy Spirit? What else? Ed? So we can get out from the home preacher, yes. Get get out and go somewhere else. If there's many antichrists, those antichrists are going to try to silence those who truly believe in Christ. But we need the Holy Spirit to continue to say the things that we should say. Amen? We need the Holy Spirit. There are many antichrists, and those antichrists are going to try to keep God's people from saying what they should say when they should say it. And this is happening And we need to be sure that we are ready to say what we should say when we should say it. You know, we're in a time where babies are being killed innumerably every day. And uh, it's... We... uh, For me, I think we should defund Planned Parenthood. I don't think any taxpayer should have to pay so that people can have an abortion for free. I don't say this to hurt anybody that may have had an abortion. 
That being said, you probably are in this frame of mind. I don't want anybody else to go through what I've gone through. And so I do believe we should. Our president doesn't. He doesn't. He got, he got a bill to defund Planned Parenthood. He signed, he did not sign it. He vetoed it. He vetoed it. Well, sometimes God's going to give us words to say, to speak on his behalf and what he knows is right. By the way, God knows what's right. And life is good, not bad. Life is good, not bad. What do I, what do you say to your neighbor? What do you say to your best friend? What do you say? The Holy Spirit can tell us what to say and when to say it. In 1 John 2.22, how do we recognize the Antichrist and Antichrist? The Antichrist, who is a liar, but he that, who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is an Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. He is an Antichrist. Why? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't live in him. By the way, nobody really believes that Jesus is the Christ that's not saved. If you are not saved, you do not believe that Jesus is the Christ. People say, well, no, I do believe Jesus is the Christ. If you did, you would be saved. You would come to Him humbly and ask Him to be your Savior, to save you from your sin. But if a person is unwilling to come to Jesus and be saved from their sin, they say, well, I believe Jesus is the Christ, therefore I'm going to be better than I have been. I'll be better than I have been. You don't really believe Jesus is the Christ. Because if you really believe that Jesus was the Christ, you'd say, I am not good, therefore I'm coming to Jesus who is able to save me from the penalty of my sin and place his righteousness on me. No unbeliever believes that Jesus is the Christ. Now, not every unbeliever is an antichrist, but every unbeliever that speaks against Christ is. That makes sense? And so let me ask you, are there many antichrists? Oh yeah. Because there are many that speak against the Jesus who died for our sins. Many antichrists. And God will give us the unction to know them when we need to. And then finally, in verse 28, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And so, we know Jesus is coming again. We know the Holy Spirit lives in us. How are we going to live in these days where Jesus may come back at any time? Well, this is what we need to do. And by the way, this is it. This is it. All right? You can set up a hundred things that you want to do this year. These are a hundred things I want to do this year. Believe me, it does not matter if you do not abide with Christ. There are many people who've had lists of things they wanted to improve in their life. Many, many people. They say, I want to improve these ten things this year. 
If you want to, as a Christian, improve to become more like Christ, if you really want to become more like Christ, abide with Him. That's what you need to do. Be faithful to being with Him rather than keeping Him away. Abide with Him. And now, little children, abide in Him. Verse 29, if you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of Him. That's how we can live in this world. And it's truly the only way we're going to be able to live in this world is by abiding with Him. Amen? Abide with Him. And uh, I, I know I harp on it. But the only reason I do is because I believe it's true. The single thing that we as God's people must do is abide with Him. Now, you say, but that's not it. Well, if you abide with Him, then you'll have the unction of the Holy Spirit. You'll know what to say when you need to say it. You'll know what to do when you need to do it. You'll know where to go when you need to go. You'll know when not to go somewhere. You'll know when not to say something. Don't abide in Him, though. You're living without the unction of the Holy Spirit. If there's any, any, anything I can encourage or build up a Christian in is abide with Him. Barnabas said it, cleave unto Him. May God help us to do that.